After finding the remains of 215 children at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School, Touchline Thoughts would like to take a few minutes to acknowledge the land we are on. We pass on our deepest respect and love for the lost children and their families, as well as the Indigenous, First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people, who through our history of Canada have undeservingly lost their land and lost their voice in our country. As we record this podcast, guests and ourselves reside in three major cities in Ontario. We acknowledge each one now. We would like to acknowledge the land on which we gather and in which the region of Peel operates as part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of Credit. For thousands of years, Indigenous peoples inhabited and cared for this land. In particular, we acknowledge the territory of the Anishinaabek, Huron-Wendat, Hudunishini and Ojibwe Chippewa peoples, the land that is home to the Métis, and most recently, the territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, who are direct descendants of the Mississaugas of the Credit. We are grateful to have the opportunity to work on this land, and by doing so, give our respect to the First Nation inhabitants. We acknowledge the land on which the city of Toronto resides as the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now the home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 and the Mississaugas of the Credit. In Ottawa, we acknowledge that we are standing on unceded Algonquin Anishinaabek territory, they are the past and present caretakers of the waterway and land that we call Ottawa. We are grateful to have the opportunity to be present on this territory. And now over to part two of Euro Talk. All right, so we are back, and a uh, little part two to our uh, little Euro conversation here. So I think we'll get into some of our favorites, some of our key players, and things like that. So um, George, why don't you kick us off? Do you have a, a you know an early favorite to win it all, a favorite player for yourself, um, somebody to watch during the, the whole tournament? Um. I, I have a strong feeling that France is going to do it again. And I don't want to like, it's not, you know, their favorites. I just like, I, I think I was said in the part one, right. We were saying that France plays like they have crazy amount of depth, but they play like they enjoy it. And even with an injury to Benzema, we'll see how long that keeps them out. I still think that that's not going to affect them. Um, but you know, there's a lot of strong teams I just, my heart's to France and I'm not a France fan. You guys know I'm a German fan. So right. <laughs> we figured that out last time. <laughs> George, um, I'm going to ask you this. If yeah. the French side don't win this tournament, who's one team that you think can actually go toe to toe with the French? I, I want to say England, but because they are so, you know, up and down. Uh, but you know what? Let's, let's say it's coming home. So I, I think England can do it. <laughs> I think don't England. say that it's like jinxing I think, it i think i'm not you know what? Old. Because, because i'm looking at the team like so i see germany france england and uh portugal just for you pal portugal and <laughs> i just think that you know i think england have such quality players if they can get it right 
I think they can play really well. Harry Kane does like I think Harry Kane had six out of twelve goals in the in the World Cup when they went to the semifinal. He had half of England's goals. Right. So if Harry Kane decides to you know steal the show, which I think will be a key player for you know in the Euro Cup in general, I think England can do it. But because they're so unreliable, I'm gonna say it's France. It's France again. That's fair. I would yeah. Yeah. Do you have a an underdog for the tournament? If you can call Italy an underdog, I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I think you um, mentioned that. <laughs> um, if you can call Italy an underdog, I think so. Um, I, I love the balance between youth and experience. Um, and another key player there is uh, Locatelli, the mini Pirlo. His distribution is amazing. Like you're, to lead Serie A in passes, like that says that says enough. And um, right. uh, I think I think they can do really well. Their group is favorable when you look at the you know switzerland turkey wills are all great teams but i think that if they don't finish that group in first it's going to be a disappointment for the italians um and then yeah like i know i was talking to kyle about this too ukraine is a team to look out for they've done really well as well so right for sure um and what about a best player of the tournament or someone to keep your eye on kind of have in the back of your head while we're watching these games um I want to say, uh, besides Harry Kane, you have uh, Mbappe, who's shined in the in the in the World Cup as well, who's done really well. And maybe with Benzema, probably not playing as many games due to the injury. I think it's his. He can just step up right to the plate again. Um, one player that I don't think should go under the radar is Lukaku, based on the season that he came off of. And I think I think they said that he has the best uh, goal to game ratio ever for for this this season for Inter Milan wow. so um I think Lukaku will 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 hopefully for Belgium do something yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see how the tournament goes through yeah Kyle what about you do you have a fav- early favorite to win it all underdog team um so early favorite I mean I being Portuguese I want Portugal to go far I want them to do well I mean I do see Portugal doing well uh, but in terms of winning it, I, I know George mentioned that they're a bit of an underdog, but I think Italy actually might go to the final. Um, they've been uh, reformed, rejuvenated. They're hungry because they missed out on the World Cup last time and then they haven't been doing too well. And by the looks of it, they look like they're ready. They're back the way that Italy that the Italy that we all used to know, the strong team, the World Cup winning team that they used to be and in my opinion, I think that they they have a very good chance of winning it. And as George mentioned, it would be quite the disappointment if they didn't top their group. Um, Italy look, as I mentioned, rejuvenated and hungry. So I see them going far and will probably possibly winning it all. I mean, I think that they can go against France. Uh, defensively, they've been phenomenal. Uh, they have a lot of young talent right now. And uh, they're going to be... Um, quite the force <laughs> this yeah. Italy team plays like a unit you know what I mean it's not, exactly. not like oh we have the Piero up top and then we have you know a bunch of individual stars like Pirlo, De Rossi, Gattuso it's it's a different team and that's when mm-hmm. you know Irfan was asking me I said this is a generation that you probably shouldn't you know compare with another generation because that's not fair to them but it's a team that's playing like a unit and right and I mean the the Italian philosophy is always defend strong defend hard you know they're they're defenders and I think to do that you have to be a unit so um I think you you hit the nail on the head there with that and um do you have an underdog team someone who might just surprise Um, us for me 
my underdog team, I'd probably have to go with uh, Ukraine, as I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, you're so excited. <laughs> yes, I know, Ukraine. I know. They're just, when I saw them in qualifiers, they're just so exciting. And I just really see them pulling off something that we used to see Iceland doing. Because right. Iceland, leading up to that Euro, when they did very well, they had a very strong qualifying as well. And Ukraine looked like they're on that same sort of path. Uh, they play as a unit, kind of like we mentioned in Italy, and they could really be an underdog story for uh, for them. I do see them competing there with the, with the great teams and getting a couple of wins that people might not expect. Right, for sure. And what about you? Your player to watch? You have one player that you're like, yes, this is that will be my player of the tournament. Um, I'll give two, one, because you guys are going to talk about my bias. <laughs> and the one is I want to, I'm really excited to see Joel Felix play. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I saw a few games of him at uh, Atletico Madrid. He's just so skillful, so talented. Um, that's bias speaking, of course. No, but like, I think you're right. He's going to play for more of a, an attacking team, a more creative team. And I think that's why Atletico went to get him was because of that, uh, mainly of his performance with Portugal. But you know, playing from defense to offense, I think, I think, hey, go for it, man. If that's your player. That's your player. Own it. Own it. I thought you were saying Bruno Fernandes. Uh. Oh, that would, see, that's when I would have said there's a bias. There's a that. bias. That's a double bias. That's United bias. in Portugal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would have been double bias there. But um, aside, uh, aside from a bias perspective, I do really want to see how Mbappe is going to perform. Um I mean, I feel like France can really utilize him, especially now. He has a little bit more experience. I mean, he won, helped them win the World Cup. He was quite the aspect for them in 2018. And right. France are even better than then. So he's going to shine in this tournament. At least I hope so. And he's still so young. He's still developing. And, you know, yeah. getting these opportunities to play in these huge tournaments, just, you know, it only makes you better and better. So, yeah, those will be some exciting players to watch for sure. Oh, yeah. Arfan, what about you? You got a early favorite to win it all um i'm flip-flopping between the french and the portuguese sides i just think there's so much quality. kyle convinced you oh but i think i would have said that from the get-go i mean the fact that you can have ronaldo in your starting lineup and out of your starting lineup and you're still so effective um says a lot about the future of what portugal is and the fact that if you've seen france play we talk about that unit they look so happy playing together um, like I actually see N'Golo Conte smile and he does have, he has zero emotions in anything he does, but he actually enjoys playing for the national team. And I think you can say yeah. that for them. They're in a good period right now. And I think um, they, they might be building that early 2008 to 12 dynasty that Spain sort of created. I think the French and the Portuguese are sort of battling to see who can create that dynasty and that, Hey, we have the upper leg and we're European side that's better than you. And we're not better than you. So I think we're going to see that. And the fact that we see them in the group stage will tell us a lot about um, who might be the better side moving forward um, or what the gaps are. So if France lose them, we go, okay, so they, they lost because of this. Or like if Portugal loses and Ronaldo's isolated, it's like, okay, now do you take that chance of not playing him the next time? Right. So a lot of question marks there, but definitely an early favorite. And if you're talking underdogs, I've said, I said it in the first part, it's Poland. If the Polish can find a way to score some goals, obviously, because that's what you need in a, in a short tournament. But if they can understand the tactics of their new manager, I think they can do what the Greek side did and, and really come back and, and be that surprise winner. And, um, you know, Kyle, shout out to you there. You said the Ukrainian side. And I think, hey, they can also be that little underdog side that everyone sort of sleeps on. 
Um, same thing with the Leaf. People are sleeping on these teams, and and I don't think they should because I think they know that they're being slept on. It's like, hello, I'm gonna knock on your door and I'm gonna win this tournament and watch me win it. For sure, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who shows up, especially because you know COVID's been a difficult thing for a lot of teams to deal with. I and I don't mean in terms of just players having COVID. I just mean you know the mental aspect of you know not being able to train and those mm-hmm. sort of things. So. Yeah. I think it's uh, part of this tournament is going to be whoever dealt with that situation the best as yeah. well. I'd be super curious to see who's not mentally exhausted. You know, exactly. you look at Ruben Diaz, who's had a hell of a year, but is he going to be tired? Um, yeah. you well, look at... You've had these seasons been condensed, right? So you've played yeah. so many games in this yeah. short amount of time and, and, you know, the wear and tear is the injuries not so are much on be the huge bl- here. Yeah. But it's not always the body. It's, you know, you're tired, mm-hmm. then you get injured physically so it's mm-hmm. it's going to be that mental battle so for you who's your player to watch or your player of the tournament um so players to watch i'm going the younger guys in the tournament because i think it's time for them to shine um phil foden's going to have a good year um mm-hmm. i think if he can get into that wing left attacking mid role for england and play it successfully i think he's going to have a good tournament i'm looking at billy gilmore um if billy gilmore has a good season for the scots i think he starts making that chelsea lineup a little bit more and I'm looking at Pedri. Does Pedri play the next Iniesta style of soccer or does he become the next Messi? But this time a Messi that actually plays for the Spanish national team. So we'll, we'll see sort of how that plays out. But those are my three to look forward to. Um, you can toss in Thomas Sushak if you want. I think he's going to have a good tournament as well. Um, but player of the tournament, and I and this is not a bias. I think this is some player that a lot of people keep sleeping on, especially if you're a United fan because you don't, I don't think people value him well enough, but I think Paul Pogba is going to have a hell of a tournament. Um, I think he's going to have the reins to control that midfield, whereas for United, it's Bruno Fernandes that has the keys. Um, The difference is he's more active and more happy when he's playing for the national squad, so I think he's going to be the best player of the tournament. Probably N'Gola Conte by the end of this conversation, (laughs) but I think if you're looking at another French player to make an impact not named Mbappe or Conte, I think it's Pogba. Well, and we've seen Pogba not be happy at United. You know, there's been stuff in the media about him him wanting to leave and problems with the agent and stuff like that. So like you said, you know, that this French side looks like they're having a lot of fun and enjoyment. And I think that's what's going to drive their quality this tournament for sure. Also, it's important to know too, like Pogba enjoys playing with Conte. He really likes playing with him. Right. And I think that's going to be really important for Pogba's game. Um, and imagine you're a midfielder and you're playing along Conte, who's everywhere all the time. You have a little right. more freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So, For sure. Well, he doesn't have do to do what you want. He doesn't have to worry about a Fred behind him making mistakes. <laughs> right. He actually has someone who's going to make a tackle and then go up with him, and you have like six attacking players. It's, right. There's someone who will cover for his mistakes if he makes any, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Paige, out of all of us, did you did did we say your favorites, or do you have a completely off the board favorite here? No, I mean, I'm kind of swinging with you guys in terms of France kind of being the heavy hitters in this tournament. Um, you know, I've watched them all qualifying in all uh, all their friendly matches, and I think they're a really exciting team. I uh, I got into this argument with one of the girls on my team, and I hope she listens to this. So she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna shout out. she's gonna message me and Elise. Shout out if you're listening. She's gonna message me and be like, "Oh, you picked France? I see." Uh. Um, so yeah, I think for me they're they're the early favorites to win it all. I think it will be 
I would like to see a really good final, you know, regardless of who's in it, I would like to see a very competitive final. So um, whether that be like a France, England, or, a, you know, Portugal or somebody, it would, I just like an exciting final, but I do think France will take it. My underdog is Belgium. I love Belgium. I think they're, they're, you know, they're not a top team. They're not a bottom team. They're kind of somewhere in the middle. They can compete with the big guys. They've also lost to the little guys. So they're the best um, team in the world, technically by FIFA. Yeah, I was going to say, is Belgium really uh, an underdog? <laughs> yeah, but that's my thing. Okay. So, so they're, yeah, they're, they're ranked number one by yeah, FIFA, yeah, but yeah. if you look at the actual squads, France should be ranked number one. Like if, if you're looking, you know, on paper, line up to line up on paper, France should be number one. And I think Belgium sits somewhere in the middle because yeah, you have De Bruyne. He's kind of coming back from crushing his face, you know, Lukaku's in there as well. So um, for me, they've always been my underdog since like before they were actually, you know, ranked number one by FIFA. So mm -hmm. I would like to see them do well in this tournament. I would like to see them compete a little bit. Um, my players to watch, I went with Foden as well. Um, I think he's, he's been exciting. Mason Mount as well, I think has had a really good season um player of the tournament Conte he's my boy <laughs> uh yeah Conte for Ballon d'Or yeah probably right <laughs> yeah right you know what that's not a far-fetched argument I think Lewandowski yeah. and Conte are are gonna battle for it I mean if Luka Modric can win out of left field don't get me started on that one that's, a, but, that's another that's another episode right <laughs> um right <laughs> but I think if you're gonna look at it from that perspective I think Angola Conte has probably put himself as the best player not named Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah, for sure. I think he's Ooh. he and he's earned it. And he's, I've said this before. I think he's the people's champ. People just, you know, you love him and and he's so humble. Whereas you know, you get Ronaldo, who's a little bit more flashy, a little more arrogant. So he's got some haters, and I don't think you can find one for Conte. So, true. um, just on like more of a personal level, but yeah. So I, I'm excited for the the tournament for sure, and um, can't wait for kickoff. Okay, I got a fun question for everyone. Who yeah. gets the first red card of this tournament? Pepe. <laughs> if he's starting, if he's starting, if he's playing, he's red card on the bench. Actually, he could get a red card on the bench. I think he, I think Pepe can do that. Yeah, I, I think he Knowing he's Pepe, got it in him. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing about Pepe, he's sort of calmed down just a tiny bit lately. In, I think it's because he's old. Exactly. Yeah, and his insurance his probably went down. His insurance drops <laughs> yeah, after yeah. 35, so he's calmed down. No, but I mean yeah, he's been yeah. a stalwart in the back end for Porto. Like he's he's had yeah. to be on the pitch. So if he makes a stupid mistake, can't can't get away with that. But if we go back to the Porto and Juve game, I think you know, I, I'm not a fan of Pepe, but I'm I was a fan of him that game. His leadership, he was everywhere. Like the man put his body on the line. And I think that's what you want to see. I think Paige can agree with me from a defender's perspective is just your, your team. Like you put your body for the team and, for sure. and he Always. did that against uh, Juve. Yeah. And oh. going, going off of that, sorry, but um, I remember back in like this, again, bias, but going back in 2016, when they won uh, the tournament, Pepe, it, it panned to Pepe, the camera after the final whistle and Pepe was literally throwing up on the side. So, you know, he was giving it absolutely everything he had, he, you know, and that's the kind of player he is. Uh, especially recently, as you mentioned, he's got older. Um, he still just puts his heart out there. So it's a good player to watch. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't get a red card and sort of ruin the flow. But I mean, that would just yeah. open the door for Diaz and Fontak should become the pairing that yeah, we right. want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wouldn't be a bad pairing if he gets a red card. So <laughs> no, but let's hope it doesn't happen because I don't think uh, I don't think Portugal want to see a leader on the bench for no reason. 
Right. Except for getting benched. Except for getting benched. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um it's I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. When what date is our, our kickoff? June 11th at on Friday three, it is. Three well, who's the who's Italy the, and Turkey? Italy and Turkey. It's in Rome. That place is gonna be buzzing. Be Holy crap. Can they have fans in Rome? Yeah. I think they're allowing it. I mean, no, okay. I know for Wembley, for example, though, they're allowing us uh, close to capacity, if not capacity, but you need to have like proof of your vaccine and like, yeah. okay. negative and you haven't left the country or anything like that. Like there's a bunch of criteria that you need to fulfill to see that game, especially the one against Scotland and uh, mm-hmm. England at Wembley, which is going to be electric. Um, but I guess, I, yeah, like you, I think you have to hit a certain amount of points before you can yeah. I was actually just reading that though because I think they were like we were saying Budapest is the only stadium as of now that's going 100% mm-hmm. right. um, and Wembley are trying to get uh, higher capacity and uh, like Irfan said it's, they're doing some like vaccination or some tests that you have to prove to, to get yeah. into the stadium so. I'm sure some of these players are so excited to have fans in the stadium because they've played a whole season where you can't have in yeah. some of these countries, you know, it's been no okay. fans. So I'm sure they're really looking forward to having even like a couple guys just there cheering, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> like it really makes a big difference. So I think for the players, this is a really exciting time. And I know we talked about the the mental fatigue earlier, but I think when you're there and the fans are there, you're going to feel that, that adrenaline and that motivation. Yeah. So. And I think the comparison, sorry, sorry, Kyle. Oh. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like those fans are going to kind of rejuvenate a lot of passion in these yeah. uh, players. And it's going to be very exciting. That adrenaline is going to go up and we're going to have some exciting games just because of the fact that fans For are there. Sure. And For I'm sure. looking forward to watching a game with listening to fans. like yeah. Not the little disowned I think the, the closest comparable here is the National Hockey League with the playoffs allowing fans and how the atmosphere absolutely changes the Change. game mm-hmm. the, like the level of play just increases it's so much better vegas colorado for example for the non-soccer fans listening um like that atmosphere has been fantastic so i think if you can recreate that you get the players so much more pumped up Excited. that adrenaline yeah. is going you're gonna get a big time goal you're gonna get some mistake that's gonna lead to the crowd yelling and it's gonna be yeah. great Especially, like, I think that what, what's important because a lot of these players that we're talking about, Diaz, Foden, Mount, they've had really long seasons. They have had really long seasons. So I think the pa- uh, the passion is going to give them extra drive. So I think the fans are going to be really important in that aspect. Um, and like you said, like, you, you get that big time goal or a mistake, and, and that's what's going to make it really uh, fun for soccer fans. Yeah, yeah. so... So kickoff Friday, be sure you're watching. Um, so today's starting 11 was brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram. As they bring you cuisines from around the world, they deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. Um, so that does it to, for today. Any final thoughts from you guys before we sign off here? Oh, just hope for a good tournament. Yeah. Uh, I have another question, actually. Just thought of who you think is going to have the most goals. Romelu Lukaku is going to have like seven goals. Yeah. You think so? You think it's going to be Lukaku? I think he's going to score. So. Yeah. You don't think Kane will be up there? No, Kane's going to No, Kane's going to struggle to score. It's going to be Rashford leading the team to score or Sterling who's going to show nah, up or something. Nah, it's, it's no. Kane and Lukaku, they're going to be fighting for the uh, golden boot. So 
Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll have a post. Uh, you we're, we will. We're <laughs> gonna write this our... down, and we're gonna look back, and we're gonna right laugh on. at. <laughs> and when Ukraine you wins, wrong, the you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, when we, Ukraine wins the Euros, we're all gonna be laughing. So. Yeah. I would have been, been happy. <laughs> I'll wear yellow that day. I'll find a yellow t-shirt just for, <laughs> just for that. There you go. <laughs> uh, Paige, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, no, I think uh, we're all looking forward for there to be some more soccer. It's been like a week since I've been able to watch a game and it's been hard. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to a good tournament. Hopefully COVID doesn't affect it too much. Um, you know, please continue to wear your mask and get your vaccine. Uh, so we can all get back into the stadiums sometime soon. Cause yeah, I think we're all sure. missing that a little bit. So that would just be my final thought, thought for, for sure. today. And you, anything from you? Yeah. If fans are back in the stadiums, I ask and say, please do not be racist at any point in time. I think that's going to, you know, spoil the tournament personally for me when you see that. Um, I mean, if you're looking at local news, we just saw something where a terrorist attack actually happened on Canadian soil and whether or not people agree with that, I think it is uh, a terrorist attack and, um, you know, racism plays a huge factor in it. Phobias play a huge factor in it. So um, if you're a fan, enjoy the game, you know, if you want to heckle a player, do it, but I don't think race should be called. Do it in the right way. You know, we've, we've missed being in these stadiums for a long time and we don't, like you said, we don't want it spoiled. So yeah. Cheer for your players, support your teams, yep. heckle in the right way. Please Soccer don't. Soccer unites us all, right? So yeah. exactly. say no to racism, stop hate. Let's uh, yeah. let's enjoy it. Like if you want to yell at Pepe for getting a red card, be like, you're an idiot, not That's anything me. else. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's where we draw it. <laughs> yeah. Um, heckle for their personality, not their race. Yeah. Exactly. Like, heckle there for the go. fact that they're not playing well. You know, like, <laughs> don't throw beer at them either or bananas. Like we do not want to see that. So yeah. hopefully it's a good tournament. And I think it will be a good tournament. I think fans are and players are just waiting for this to, yeah. to unfold. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like we can all call first game prediction scores. That's the perfect way to end it. Italy and Turkey. All right. You want to start us off, George? Yeah. <laughs> Two nothing Italy. Closed clean sheet. They're gonna be win- they're gonna be going all the way, right? To the final. Italy versus France final. That's gonna be a good one. That's all your right. prediction, writing that down. Okay. Kane's the leading <laughs> goal scorer and France and Italy are your finals. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. like a- Kyle, what about you? What's the score for this opening match? Uh, for Italy, I think it's going to be a one nil. Uh, Italy are so defensive. I don't see them conceding in their first game. Um, an easy one nil. They'll get a goal probably within the first half and then hold on to it pretty comfortably. I think. I feel like the Italian way. The Italian, Italian way. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Arvon, what about yeah? <laughs> Arvon, what about you? What do you got? I'm going off the board here. It's going to be two two. I think the Turks are going to push the Italians in the first game. That's going to wake them up. And that's what's going to get them through to the next round. They need a little bit of a wake-up call because they think they might be able to get through this group. And the Turks are going to be like, hell no. We're going to pick up a penalty here. We're going to get a free kick off the corner here. And you're looking at a 2-2 game. For sure. For For me, I would say um, I'm going to go 2-1 Italy. I think think Italy is going to be flat-footed to start. And I think Turk's going to put in the first goal. Yeah. If they underestimate Turkey, which is a good side, like, and we've seen that, that's going to be a big problem for them. So for sure, that's why I think they can put one away if they, if they catch Italy almost like a little slow, not prepared, yeah. and then the game gets going. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I think they could put the first one away. I'm going to go two one. Listen, if Bonucci and Kalini are starting in that middle, hey, 
by all means, I think that the Turkish side, that's the only reason why I'm leading towards a draw here. Definitely. The age, the no pace in the back there. The pace is going <laughs> to kill them. Like, the, the smart's there. It's just, yeah, can you find freak. that gap that they couldn't cover with Juve this year? I think you can replicate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a like or leave a rating. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, same handle at touchline th. A page can be found at Culver underscore page and myself at Irfan Manji. Kyle and George, you guys have Instagram or Twitter you want to plug real quick? Yeah, you can follow me on both Instagram and Twitter at KyleLuz14, um, both Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And you, George? Me on Instagram at George Slee, S-L-E. There you go. Perfect. So don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sports or check out garagedoorsports.com and follow our segment sponsor Shenzi Shack on Instagram to place an order or to see their menu. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next match day. Enjoy the Euros. Cheers.